0: This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Chris. Thanks for joining us for the second part of our conversation with Chris Davis. Today we're going to be taking a look at what it means to have God as your father. And sometimes our view of God can get a little complicated, especially when we've got a lot of baggage in life that we got from our relationships with our own dads. We often think that the Christian life should get easy after we get saved. Almost as if when we say yes to Jesus, we think all of our problems should immediately go away. Well we know that's not always the case, and if you've lived a Christian life for any length of time, you know that problems still come our way. And a lot of those problems come from the baggage that we hold on to from just living a life in the sinful fallen world that we live in. Well, today Chris talks about his relationship with his own father and how that affected his view of God. So Chris, if you would, Tell us a little bit about what your life looked like after you came down off of the high of getting saved.
1: So I this and this is a an interesting part of the journey. You know, I would I know I went to CBC with you guys, and I'm not sure how much um, you, you guys know fully of my CBC story even. Um, so all this takes place roughly about my junior year of high school. Throughout the process of junior year and senior year, my youth pastor was the first one to say, hey, I feel like you have a calling on your life to go into ministry. Um, he took me down to CBC to check the school out. Right away, I felt like that's where I was supposed to be. So I went all in and jumped in. And um, Right off the bat, though, at CBC, I felt like a square peg in a round hole. Um, and I'm probably not the only one that felt that way. Um, but I'm like looking around, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not a pastor's kid. I'm not a missionary's kid. I just got saved not that long ago. And, uh, you know, that kind of created some insecurity in myself. Um, But I put my best foot forward and I kept pursuing. I felt like I was pursuing Jesus the best that I knew how, um, but I was still limited in my knowledge of how to do that. And um, really kind of what ended up happening for me was you know, there's some stuff behind the scenes. I started getting in trouble here and there and just doing some dumb stuff on the side that I had no business doing. And, uh, it was kind of one of those Paul experiences. Like I'm not doing the things that I want to do and I'm doing the things I don't want to do. And that wrestling with that tension. And, uh, yeah. And really ultimately all that caught up with me and I ended up getting suspended from CBC. And, um, long story short i'll jump back to it but for the sake of anybody listening don't judge me i got back in um but anyway so i get suspended from cbc and at this point i'm looking at the full big picture of things and uh, i'm like look why why did this happen i'm blaming everybody except for myself and uh you know i was ready to just walk away from the faith to walk away from ministry to walk away from all of it like look this clearly isn't for me but what happened next is god took me on this incredible journey where he just started showing me some stuff in my life that, yes, I had this experience early on, but there were still some deeply rooted issues that I had to let go of that I had to get rid of and to give to him. And so in the early years of my CBC experience, I felt like I'm pursuing God, but kind of with this ball and chain around my ankles that I'm reaching out, but I can only reach so far because there's all this baggage that I'm just holding on to. And uh, so during the period of my suspension. I just felt like God was just telling me like, hey, all this stuff you've been carrying, you've got to give that to me. Um, And a lot of it stemmed from my dad or my relationship with him or the lack thereof. During this window of time, he was in prison in Michigan. And uh, I felt like God told me like, hey, you need to go visit him and tell him that you forgive him for everything. And I'm like, man, no way. You know, there's no way I'm doing that. I go home for Thanksgiving and I'm like, okay, let's do this. I get in the car, get about halfway there. And then I turn around. I'm like. You know what? I'm not doing it. Like, he doesn't deserve to be forgiven. I'm not forgiving this guy for anything. Um, so then I go back to Missouri. I'm beating myself up the entire break in between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And just kind of like, man, you knew you know what you have to do. Like, why, why can't you do it? Like, it was so hard for me to just take that final step. Christmas comes. I finally go see him. And then uh, in that moment, I don't even remember the full conversation. It wasn't very long, but I just told him, look, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me because I want to follow who God has called me to be and what he's trying to do in my life. I forgive you for everything that has happened up to this point. And I just left it all there. And the second I walked out of that prison, I literally felt like somebody just lifted a weight vest off of me. Mm -hmm. And I had this experience. It was so freeing in that moment. And uh, it was cool to see though, because immediately on the heels of that, I go back to Springfield Right after that, I met Victoria, who's now my wife. Um, right after that, I got this job that I had no business getting; I was not qualified for it yet. Uh, working with homeless youth in Springfield—an absolutely awesome job. Um, got this great place to live, and just so much immediately followed my obedience to what I felt like I was supposed to do in that moment. And uh, really, from that point on, you know, it, it's been like. God's just been taking me through this thing kind of like, all right, now let's catch up on everything we missed and let, let's let go here. And uh, But that really was kind of it for me is like you have that early experience and it took me going through that process to learn. And now looking back, I can understand why Paul tells Timothy, hey, you know, if you're going into ministry, like it shouldn't be somebody that's young in their faith. And uh, that, that was me in that moment to where I was young in my faith and wanting to pursue this. But there was so much. Other stuff that I had to understand it before I could actually finally pursue this. And I'm so glad that I had that experience early on as opposed to uh, later on when I jump into ministry and my life's a train wreck because I got all this baggage that I refuse to let go of. And, uh, you know, but God's been really good throughout that process. And But still then, to get into ministry—I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling a little no. bit here. Um, still then, though, after that experience, um, my wife and I, we finished CBC— We're living in Springfield. We get married, had our first kid. And uh, I just told myself, uh, look, just get a job, be a good dad, be a good husband, go to church. I convinced myself on the heels of that CBC experience that that was enough for me because I still had some scarring from what happened with getting suspended from CBC. um, The way that process played out, some things that were said during that period of time. But for me, um, I was really blessed and I think, Chris, you saw this a while back um, from day one when my youth pastor said, hey, I feel like you're called to be a ministry. God has given me people in every chapter of my life that have confirmed that. And, uh, you know, the best thing that I've that I have been able to do is to write those experiences down. And um, what ended up happening is I was blessed with this friend uh, named John DeForest. He went to Evangel. And all along the way, while I'm in Springfield, he's kind of kicking me in the pants. He's like, hey, man. You know what you're supposed to be doing. You know you're supposed to be in ministry. Um, But I had some insecurity and kind of some shame from my experience at CBC that held me back. And we go to this men's retreat. The guy that was preaching prays for me after service, calls everything out by name that I was kind of struggling with. And, um, you know, I just let it all there that night. That weekend, I get home and I tell my wife, hey, I feel like this is it. Like everything's behind me, I feel like God is preparing us to go into ministry. Uh, we need to start preparing ourselves accordingly. Exactly one year later, to the day, we accepted the position that we're at now. Wow. So it's uh, it, it's been a pretty crazy process, you know. And it's certainly, I, I think it's uh, not conventional. You know, there's many ups and downs and in, in uh, mountains and valleys in there, but through it all. Every season has been a learning curve that I feel like uh, has prepared me for where we are now and moving forward whatever God has for us. I know that uh, every season prior to this has played a part in the successes that we're experiencing now with the youth group that we have. You know, you, you bring up a really good point about the seasons of life and the learning curve and I want to I want to come back around and talk about that that process in particular. But before we do, I want to I want to back up a little bit and hit on something you mentioned if it's okay, if you want, yeah, you can sure. say pass, we can, we can pass it. Um, and talk about, you know, you, you said when you were able to forgive your dad and you walked out of that jail and, you know, you felt like that burden had been lifted. Did that change or shift the way that you viewed God as a father? Cause I, I know a lot of people who, you know, have either dealt with father issues or, you know, absentee father, or even just somebody who has a father, you know, that's in their life, it ends up impressing upon them, Uh, the way they view God. And so I I wanted you to maybe talk about how that changed you. Yeah, absolutely, man. So for me, I think that was the primary piece of my relationship with God that was missing on the upfront part. Like I had the experiences. I started to get some of the knowledge, but that part was missing. And I think that's what led me to the point I was at. And uh, going through that experience, um, because when I was at CBC, I'm reading all these verses, you know, we're adopted in as sons and daughters. But like, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. You know, and it, it was hard for me to understand what that meant to just just to be a son, just to be able to to rest in the fact of hey, you don't have to do everything yourself. Because what happens for a lot of uh, people that have either absentee fathers or you know a poor example of a father is you begin to take on this mindset of you have to do everything yourself. If you want something, you do it yourself. Um, you know, and it, it's so prevalent in our society nowadays that we make independence, this thing to be, you know, desired, but it's like, Hey, when you know what it means to be a son or a daughter of God, then there's a certain confidence that comes from it. Not an arrogance, but a confidence of knowing like, Hey, like, do you know who my dad is? Like he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Like, you know, this, this need that I have, like what I'm seeking in this season, the comfort that I'm looking for, like he's got it. And so in that moment, it completely opened up this whole other realm of my relationship with God. And, um, You know, I know this might sound crazy to some people. I don't have a lot of experiences like this. So I share this kind of hesitantly. Um, I know some people may think I'm weird or whatever, but there's one night in particular on the heels of this experience um, that I was just in my dorm room when when I'd gotten back to CBC. I was in my dorm room and, uh, you know, I'm just praying in that moment. I really just felt this longing I was like man you know what I would just love just to be like embraced right now like to be hugged right now and um I'm laying on my bed and then I just felt like God just told me he said hey you know just stretch your arms out and so I'm laying on my dorm room bed just crying like wanting to be right and I stick and I just put my arms out and and I felt like this this peaceful embrace that I've Mm -hmm. I've never had an experience like that since that time but in that moment it was almost like God confirmed in that moment like hey I am here, like this father that you're seeking, like I am him, like I am. And in that moment, the peace was so unreal that that just blew the lid off that missing aspect of my relationship with God. And uh, even still now, working through how to be a husband, how to be a dad, when you didn't have that example, you know, that's so much easier now because of that element of my walk with God being opened up and just being able to be confident in who he is, what he's done for me. Um... You know and it just takes a, a burden off of me like I don't have to perform and do as much because you know God's got my back you know and if I'm constantly essentially passing my burdens to him life gets a whole lot easier but when we are caught in this independent mindset of I'm a strong independent person I don't need anybody I don't need community I can do it on my own you're gonna get bogged down eventually that's just that's just the way that it is and um, and I felt like from that moment on from that experience whatever burdens or baggage come along, I'm, I'm really quick to say, hey, all right, here you go, God. Here you go. Here you go. Like loading them up because, you know, that's what he's there for. And he wants that. He wants us to share those burdens with him. But it took me getting to that point and having that experience in order to fully realize that, like, hey, you don't have to carry all this stuff. You know, and that's that was such a, a freeing moment in my relationship with God, where my pursuit of him, um, it just took off from there. Like this whole other Peace that I had no idea really existed.
0: Wow, Chris, thanks so much for sharing that part of your story again. It, uh, it really blows me away how often we think that everything in life should be easy after we get saved, and yet it's really not the case. But we do have that great father that we can go to, even if our own dads weren't the greatest dads. We have a father in God uh, we can go to, and he's got our back, he takes care of us, he provides for us. And because he's there for us, it means that we don't have to perform anymore. We don't have to live up to some expectation of, I've got to do these things to be right in the Christian life. Jesus is taking care of that already. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. Be sure to check out the next part of our conversation, where Chris unpacks what it means to be a Christian in a community, and some of the things that he's done to find help from others who've gone before him in living the discipleship lifestyle.